You're listening to the BCTLE Podcast, a resource made possible by the BD Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence at Taylor University. I'm your host, Timothy Berkey. One of the things that we know about great teachers is that they develop relationships with their students in a way that creates better opportunities for learning to take place. At Taylor, the centrality of our relationship with Christ uh, paints this relationship that we develop with our students in a different light than I think we might see at other institutions. But for those of us who maybe are a little bit more private or introverted, this idea of developing very close personal relationships with students might feel challenging. I know personally, I struggled uh, when I first came to Taylor at knowing what was appropriate and what I was comfortable with might not always be the same thing. There are things that are appropriate here at Taylor that I just, I don't know, maybe it was my personality or my background, but I, I wasn't quite sure that that was for me. It's important that we foster community in our classrooms as intentionally as we are fostering community in our dorms. Because what our students are here to do is not just to develop spiritually and socially and to gain a wider array of cultural experiences, though that is important. We are an institution of higher education and It's important that we create opportunities for community to take place and be seen as relevant in our disciplines. As I have spent time thinking about how to do this well in the foundational core classrooms, as well as in my program, I heard about one of our colleagues on campus who has dedicated a significant amount of her time here at Taylor to fostering this community. My guest today is Dr. Trisha Stan. Trisha is an associate professor of chemistry, and when she first started at Taylor, she found herself uh, as one of the only women, uh, the only woman, on faculty in her department. And she noticed her students, specifically her women students, struggling with their place, their fit in a male-dominated department. And this recognition uh, was the driving force behind starting a group to provide community for women in chemistry. And what started as an effort to uh, increase the relationship and connections with her women students has grown to something that she couldn't have imagined when she started. Not only has it opened up the door for future relationships after commencement, it has also led to new and exciting connections, uh, careers, and mentoring relationships with her students. If you find yourself uh, in a position of wanting to develop Uh, stronger relationships with your students, mentoring your students, retaining students who who might not see 
great representation in their discipline. I want to invite you into my conversation with Dr. Tricia Stan. Tricia, welcome to the BCTLE podcast. Thank you. So last week at the BCTLE, we heard your session on uh, mentoring women in chemistry. And you talked about this idea related to, it's connected to this idea of uh, fostering community amongst your students. Um, it's the, the, the idea of, of mentorship sort of gives it a, a more professional uh, tone. Um, and you talked about how when you started uh, here in the chemistry department that you were one of the only women in the department. Were you the only? Yes, you? I was the only woman. So before I joined the department, it was an all-male department. All-male department. So. So, so you joined the team and you noticed that there are few women in uh, students um, in the department and they seem to be struggling a little bit with making some connections and, and, and performing in a class. You step into this space, male dominated space where your students are mostly men and you start mentoring uh, the, the women in your, in your class. My, what I'm left with when I hear about that is how did that idea sort of come to you of, of creating this community for your students? I wonder if you had seen that modeled somewhere else, if you had been the beneficiary of something like that, or if you just saw sort of an alignment with the community here at Taylor. I think I kind of fell into it. Um, I had a chemistry professor when I was in college that took an interest in me. Um, it was a male professor, um, so I don't think it's really necessarily the female thing. Mm -hmm. But when I came to the department as being the only female and a big class, the entry-level class, our college chemistry class, has, I would say that's about half and half, mm -hmm. you know, half men, half women, just doing a variety of different things from a variety of different majors. But as far as chemistry majors, there were fewer women and mm -hmm. There's lots of reasons for that. I don't know if I would attribute it all to that chemistry is a male-dominated field. I think that's making it way too simple. Mm. Um, but, you know, when I came and I started, especially when I became full-time, because I started part-time, mm. and when I became a full-time faculty member, just, you know, we had women that were leaving the major because just some undefined reasons usually when I talk to them. Oh, it may not, they didn't say it was too hard, but it, there was just that, what's going on here? And so I thought, well, maybe if I get them together, you know, if they know that they're not the only one, because that came out mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think that might be a, a you know, a generalized personality trait that sometimes men function a little more independently or better with functioning independently, where women are more comfortable in a group. Mm. Um, not always true, but there is some of that. And so 
I just thought, well, maybe I can get them together and they can know who each other is because I knew there was more than one because I would get the class list, right? right? But they didn't always know who the other ones were. And so it kind of started with getting them together and trying to retain some of these that were just kind of feeling like, well, this isn't for me or I don't see myself in this. And, you know, I reached out to my sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. I had some influence with these women because they, you know, we connected. We had things in common. We were both women in this chemistry department. And so that just kind of naturally led into getting them together. Mm -hmm. And then once I had them together, you found that, oh, they have questions about this or they have questions about that. And I had answers to some of those questions because I had lived that. Yeah. And so, you know, lived experience of being a chemistry major and going to graduate school, I had answers to some of the things that they had questions about, as well Mm -hmm. as just general, you know, chemistry questions about what can you do with it? What, you know, what were my friends from graduate school? What were my friends from undergraduate doing? And so I had some of those answers. And so it kind of fell into the let's explore, let's see if we can make these women more comfortable into, well, I have answers to some of the questions they have, which is kind of the definition of mentorship, right? That we walk this path together and share some knowledge that maybe I have that they're still getting. And um, so I think it kind of turned into the mentorship rather than starting as a mentorship. That's really interesting. I was just thinking about, you know, it sounds in the in the early days very relationally oriented making connections uh maybe you know a chemistry question here or there but sort of helping them get connected and in that process it sounds like the the less sort of structured turned into did, did it really turn into more structure? I, I recall from your session that uh, you don't have, you don't set an agenda for these conversations, for these meetings. Right. Um, I, tr- I have tried to set some agendas and it just usually doesn't work out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we went to, so I guess less structured as far as the meetings, maybe more structured as far as my intentionality about looking for the things that I perceive as needs in the group Mm. and things that I could do to encourage or that would bring them together. So maybe that's a little misleading when I say less structured. The time is less structured. But maybe my intentions and what I'm trying to do with it has become more structured and more of where can I mentor? Where can I mm-hmm. add value to what's what's happening here on campus to the relationships that they already might have? Yeah. You mentioned the, 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 the needs, the more structure around the needs. What are some of those needs that you've you've learned your students, particularly the women in chemistry, what are some of those needs? What what does that look like? So some of the needs are related to what's next and what do I do with chemistry Mm -hmm. and how do I decide? And so that's always a big need because you always have some that come in and know from day one, 
I'm pre-med, I want to go to med school, that's what I want to do. But then there's also a whole other group that I like science and I think I like chemistry Mm -hmm. more, but I'm not even sure about that. And then I'm not sure what I can do with a chemistry major. Where do I go from here? And so that's an ongoing need of how do you sort that out? How do you start to figure out what area of chemistry you want to be in? Um, that it's okay not to like all of them. Mm. Because often I'll get student, men and women, that, oh, I didn't do so well in X chemistry course. Maybe I shouldn't be a chemistry major. It's like, no, we all have our specialties. Like the five of us in the hall all have specialties because we liked one area more than the others. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. not all of us did equally well in all areas of chemistry. We usually end up where we were better at or had more skill at or more interest. And so just reminding them Mm -hmm. that they don't have to like every chemistry class they take. They can, and there's been tears in my office about that, you know, just, Mm -hmm. I don't like Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever. Fill in the blank. And uh, it's just, we're different personalities. We all have different likes and dislikes, and that's okay. So reminding them of that Mm. um, and then just trying to enlighten them as to what the variety of things that they could do with a chemistry major, as well as talk to them about, okay, what else do you like? Mm. So, for instance, the one student that I mentioned that ended up in flavorings chemistry, just that she liked chemistry and coffee and ran into that person who did coffee chemistry, you know, and so that opened a whole world for her and for me because some of these are things that I didn't know about. Sure. And so it's just a willingness to learn with them of, Mm -hmm. well, let's see what we can find out there that incorporates your interests. And so... I love that, that sort of willingness to learn with them, that staying curious. Because, yeah, I'm, I, I'm trying to think about, you know, all of the various spaces in my field. And I can't think of all of them. There are some that I would, would surprise me as well. And there are times where I have an advisee in my office where we're talking about next steps. And, and sometimes I feel sort of limited as to how to how to coach, how to guide, because I haven't experienced all of those options and, and, and I don't have such a vast network that I, I make connections there. What, what was the, the context of, of making that, speci- that specific um, student, that coffee chemistry connection? What was the context around that? How did you get connected? So that was part of the one Taylor parent that I okay. coincidentally yes. met and was talking to on a soccer trip. So my <laughs> husband is a part of this. Um, and he was with us on a soccer missions trip. Okay. And we were talking. He's like, well, I know these women that do this and this and this. Maybe I could set it up for you. And so he put me in contact mm. with these women that were in chemistry fields. And I arranged it. They were looking to reach out. They were part of a business group that was women in business. And so they had some funds to reach out Mm -hmm. to high school and college age women to encourage them in, 
you know, whatever business yeah. or in different majors that these women were in. Mm -hmm. And so we went up to see these women-owned businesses in Chicago, and one of them was a flavorings company. Okay. And one of them worked at Kraft mm. Foods, who used some of those flavorings. And so it was at Kraft Foods, which was a bigger organization, and they gave their employees release time to do service projects. And so that's a neat thing, you know, everybody's out out against, you know, big companies <laughs> kind of like there is bad that happens, but there is also good. Right. And so being a large company, they could give employees mm. time off to do some of these service projects. And mm. the service project that this chemist chose to do was to help with roasting coffee in a third world country so that they could get better prices and you know, it just had never crossed any of our minds, really, that, right. oh, wait, that's a chemistry that, thing, because mm. it definitely is. Yeah. There's a lot of chemistry in cooking and food. Mm. And so that was enough to spark an interest. And from there, we, you know, we bought a book on coffee chemistry and talked to some people, mm. and it just kind of started the ball rolling. So when she looked for graduate schools, she looked for a place that did flavorings and mm where she could extend that into coffee and among other things. Sure. And so it just really kind of took off from there. We explored from wow. that one one chance but not chance, I'm sure, God ordained you know, meeting. Right. So that willingness to be curious and stay open even when it doesn't seem like it could have any real connection i'm sure you know when you said yes to this soccer missions trip you weren't thinking well maybe i'll meet somebody who can make this connection but right but that's that's just the way these sort of connections work that's that's interesting and exciting to mm -hmm. think about uh that those opportunities are are all around us yeah i imagine that chemistry as a field tends to skew male um in, especially historically, uh, and when you mentioned, you know, in uh, here at Taylor, when you started, there were there were fewer women. But you, I think, um, in a conversation that you and I were having, that you mentioned uh, one of the byproducts of the, uh, the the mentoring women in chemistry is that the number of women who are joining your department as students is growing. Um, what what has that been like? What sort of uh, culture, what what uh, gifts have you seen that bring to your team in chemistry? Right. So I just, I don't think it's all due to me. <laughs> all right. So there are lots of things that sure. go into which students we get here and which ones come. So maybe a um, correlation. Yeah, there's a correlation maybe there. And some of it, I would you know, I would take credit for, but certainly yeah. not all of it. Um, <laughs> lots of things going on there. But the culture in our department, I think one of the nice things of this women more likely to be a group culture mm -hmm. and want to have friends within the department and relationships there means that when we started the ACS club, we have a lot of women that, mm. yeah, I'll join, I'll do that. When we have looked for volunteers to go to the 
Indianapolis Children's Museum to work with the chemistry day that they do there. Mm. Um, we have a lot of women volunteers who mm. do that. So I think there's been uh, maybe an increase in those department-wide programs, things that we're doing. There are more of them mm. just because of slightly different nature personality you know, not the, oh, just let me get my work done and, you know, I'm mm -hmm. doing this individually to the more group, um, bring some of that community aspect into our department. And so I do think we get greater participation at chemistry dinners or mm -hmm. at chemistry events because we have that influx of women who want to be involved and want to be a part of this and want to reach out to the new ones coming in so well I was just thinking I I have to imagine that that it that has to sort of have an impact on people wanting to come join the department prospective students have got to see that and go this looks like a, a place to not just learn about chemistry but to really find a community related right. to this as well right yeah because I'm you know I have my office hour where I'm with them mm -hmm. one day a week the, my senior chemistry majors and junior chemistry majors are with them every day in the dorm, you know. Oh, sure. And so they are, there's several cases where we gained a chemistry major because one of my majors said to me, so-and-so is thinking about changing to chemistry or so-and-so would like to know this. Huh. And so we've even gained majors that have already <laughs> been on campus, yeah. but I probably wouldn't have known mm -hmm. about had not one of my women said, so-and-so my dorm is interested. And then reaching out to those people has been very productive because usually it just takes a little encouragement, right. you know, at that point if they're already thinking about it. And maybe they would have come anyway, but it doesn't hurt to reach out and say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with you. Right. I can see you doing this. And I think just that... Mm -hmm faith in that they can do it mm -hmm. like that's lacking sometimes as college students in general and women in particular mm -hmm. oh this is hard I can't do it I should give up mm -hmm. and to have somebody there to speak into that and say no you're gonna have bad days I get it I had them you can make it through keep going and just you know being willing to admit yep it's hard and you're going to make it through, and you're going to do fine. And That belief is key. I, uh, last episode of the podcast, um, uh, Angela Pacheco uh, and I were talking about this idea of having a growth mindset about students, and the, the, the one student that it's particularly challenging to have a growth mindset about, you know, the student who might be disengaged or the student who might have um, a less than positive attitude about our coursework. Um, is probably the student who needs that belief the most. Um, and the difference that that can make is huge. It makes such an impact on their, not just their performance in the class, but f more areas of their life than just their academic, their scholarly spaces. I think it removes stress. When mm -hmm. somebody believes in you, the stress level goes down, and then you can do the work that you're capable of but if you feel like you're fighting all the time, yeah. that's hard. Mm. 
That is such a great insight. I mean, I can think of times where that's been true in my own life. It's really hard to see the forest for the trees when I'm when I feel like I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The the impact that this group has on your students seems enormous. Um, the the stories that you mentioned in your session, whether it's the the volunteering. Um, the connections that they're making that are then paving the way for a career, the, the, um, the relational aspect, uh, uh, gaining wisdom in a safe space to discuss really uh, challenging topics. Um, I, I'm curious about the, the impact that you see play out after graduation. Do you, do you see um, sort of the ripples of this, either personally or professionally in your students, uh, your women of chemistry after they leave? What does that look like? Um, I think, you know, it's always hard to attribute what a future consequence to what's happening now. So um, that's a little tricky question. But I do keep in contact with them. So because there's that relationship, they feel free to come back and ask a question and will you write this recommendation? So sometimes in graduate school, there's a particular scholarship that they can apply Mm -hmm. for. And so we're getting notes back from students, myself as well as my male colleagues. You know, we're getting notes back like, would you write me a recommendation for this, even though they've gone on to graduate school? It's just the nature of we have a better understanding of them as people and their work ethic than the new place that they're at. So they've Mm. only maybe been there six months, but we've seen them for four years. So um, we get asked to write some of that. So I think some of that is Mm -hmm. coming back, but just the... You know, I tell them, hey, if you're having a bad day or something, or if you're thinking about dropping out of graduate school, call me, write me, mm-hmm. whatever. I want to talk to you first. Mm-hmm. And so just the knowing that there's somebody still cheering for them. Yeah. And, you know, we get mm-hmm. we get invited to thesis defenses. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's especially great. since they've been virtual. In, oh, sure. You know, when they were in person, that wasn't happening because mm-hmm. they're all over the country. Yeah. But when they've been virtual, we've been to several thesis defenses. Mm-hmm. And just as they go on, you know, they come back and they say hello. And mm-hmm. um, I think taking interest in people always has benefits. So when I ran the finance course mm-hmm. for the eight to 10 women that were interested, I had sent out, I got from the alumni relations, the the female chemistry majors that had graduated from here. And I just thought, because part of that was if you complete the six weeks of the course, you get $100 to invest. Mm. And so there were ways that I could make that happen. But I thought, you know, I'm going to reach out to mm, the network because by then I had graduated quite a few women Mm. in chemistry. And because we were doing it in that space I knew at least those would understand what was happening. I was like, hey, is anybody willing to help me support this to mm-hmm. raise the funds so that they have that money to invest? 
And I got responses from people that I didn't know that are like, I am so glad that you're doing this. And I am so thrilled to hear what was going on in chemistry. And so I had told them, you know, whether they could support or not to just, you know, drop me a note if you had a prayer request and Mm -hmm. um, then I'll send a follow up. And both from the initial one, I did, I was able to raise the funds from them. I had people that were very interested and it Mm -hmm. also built my network like people that were like, well, if you have any of this type of chemistry major, please have them contact me. I'm mm-hmm. willing to be, uh, you know, a resource for them. So that was a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. But then just ones that wrote, oh, it's so nice that my school cares what's going on in my life and that somebody would, That's you huge. know, ask for a prayer request. And so. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, it extended that um, network out to the women. So it's really hard to say, again, where that mentorship and what kind of impact that it's having afterwards. But they're still hearing from me once in a while. They're still, you know, connected. They know for sure that anytime they're in the area, I want them to come back to Women of Chemistry and talk about what they're doing, and Mm. usually they're excited to do that. Now, they're not here that often, but yeah, I think it's ongoing that they know that there's somebody here that cares Mm. and would support them, and sometimes I get a phone call, you know, about, but I get life updates, like, hey, you said you like to have life updates, and so I get those and Mm. respond to those, so I'm still speaking into their lives in graduate school, and I suspect that sometimes I get life updates when they need to hear an encouraging word. Don't know, yeah. but suspect. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it makes me think about the reality that, um, that the impact that the people who have cared for us over the years that that has, that even years later, the how important the, their voice, their words are uh, to 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 us uh, as the people who have benefited from those those mentor relationships. That that um, I, I think when when I think about mentoring students, I often think uh, about the need for maybe more formal structure um, and that's uh, maybe my my sort of systems approach coming out um, but the just being present is can be enough yeah right yeah hmm. yeah and, and it's not a one-size-fit-all fits-all model mm-hmm. and, you know, I think there are places for mentoring that's more specific that's yeah. more um, like you said, the systems approach, yeah. if there's if there's a particular goal in mind. Mm. But at the age that we have students here right now, my goal is for them to graduate from here <laughs> and go and live their best life, you know, yeah. go and have a productive life. And that really touches on so many things mm. and not just whatever their major is. So for me, asking them have you found a church yet 
and what are you doing about that? Yeah. You know, when they go out from here, are you making friends? What are you doing? Mm. You know, how are you fitting in at work? What, you know, just how are they generally? Right. Questions help prompt them to, because they know, I mean, they've been around, I've been around long enough. They know those questions are coming. Right. And so I think that's a little bit of a motivating factor mm. of, yeah, Dr. Stan is probably going to ask, so <laughs> maybe I should go to church this Sunday or, you know, just yeah. it, mm. that more general mentoring, I think. And yeah, overflows into the chemistry, but mm. it's just, it's somewhat a more general. And so I think there's there's different models that are going to work and it depends on the application and my application is to see them happy and thriving yeah. after here. And so the more general model and less, you know, just waiting to see what the needs are yeah. kind of works well. Hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about faith integration and, and where we see this playing itself out in, in chemistry. Okay. Today's new faculty voice is Dr. Laura Gehrig. Laura teaches in the psychology department, and you can find her over in Ayers. Um, I actually had a chance to bump into Laura at the latest faculty meeting, and uh, her experience in higher education is such a blessing to our students, uh, some of whom happen to be her family. Uh, if you have a chance, I encourage you to stop by Ayers and get to know Laura. Send her a note, her card, let her know that uh, you're glad that she's here. We are blessed to have Dr. Laura Gehrig as one of our new faculty voices. I love the relationships that I get to build with students through doing that. I love the conversations that happen there. I love seeing students take what seems like some pretty dry theory or something like that and be able to apply it and use it in a meaningful way uh, in, in their careers, in their personal lives, in their relationships with the Lord. So I love seeing that growth process. Um, for me, my faith is the, the core of my life. It's the, the priority and the most important thing. So anything that I do, and if teaching is my career where I'm going to be spending a lot of time, I feel like um, my faith obviously not only influences that, but those other things in my life need to be used as a way to not only help me grow, but to help me minister to others. And so I feel like that's kind of where God has called me, called me to be. So in psychology, obviously, the general field of psychology is not a, a Christian discipline specifically and is pretty broad and a lot of different worldviews and a lot of different perspectives. And uh, and so I, I like to be able to look at all of those things. There's not really anything in psychology that I feel like I'm afraid to study and explore and look at, but to be able to do that and say, now, how does that line up with what scripture teaches us? How does that line up with what we know about how God created us and what he created us for? And then what does that look like in, in daily life. Um, that's what I try to, to strive to do as I study and as I help students do that too. So where is your home and your discipline? Uh, so my degree is actually in school psychology and I have a cognate in neuropsychology. And so I like the assessment part, developmental psych, um, those kinds of 
those kinds of areas are are probably the the core places. Uh, I knew I didn't necessarily want to go into counseling, and I wasn't exactly sure what else initially you did with with psychology, and really kind of found this um, this niche that, that fits. Do you find many students find themselves in that position of no, they they know what psychology looks at, but they're not sure what's open to them with a degree in psychology? Yes, I think that happens a lot. I think that we do tend to think mostly of a counseling or a clinical psychology as the primary areas, and it's so broad, and there are so many things that you can do with it. So I think a lot of students come in and they say, I really enjoyed my intro to psych class, but I don't know what I want to do with that. Um, and so it's kind of fun to be able to say there are so many different ways that, that God could use that. So outside of the classroom, outside of research, what are what, what do you spend your time doing? What excites you? Uh, most of my time outside of that is spent with my family. So okay. um, I'm married. My husband's name is Jerry. He's a tennis coach and instructor. We live in Fort Wayne. And we have four kids. And so I have two daughters that are actually students here at Taylor. And then I have two sons that will be are starting their freshman and senior years of high school. So most of my life outside of this is spent um, following them around to, to activities and the things that they're in and working on helping them make next steps in life. So your daughters who are students here, how do they feel about mom being a professor? <laughs> That's a great question. So when I started even looking at this, uh, at this position, and one of my daughters who actually is a psychology major <laughs> is the one who told me and, oh, really? you know, and said, Hey, just so you know, mm. um, and so we, I had conversations with both of them and I said, this has to be completely open and honest. Now is your chance. Mm -hmm. If this is gonna be a problem, if you don't want me to do this, you need to tell me up front. And both of them said, no, we completely support you in that. That's so great. my other daughter is a, a music education major. And so I think our paths won't necessarily cross a lot on campus unless we want that to happen. And hopefully she'll want that to happen. So I think the big draw in my office is going to be, she said, you will have your Keurig in your office, right? So I said, sure, come buy your coffee. So. so so, what excites you about coming back to Taylor? What what are you really looking forward to this, this year? I think it, it sounds very kind of canned, but it really, it feels very much like home. For me, when I was a student at Taylor, that was probably one of the biggest times of spiritual growth in my life. And so for me, there's there's just a feel of connection with that. And I'm excited about the opportunity to continue to just hopefully pour into Taylor students and give them that opportunity as well to grow, to grow more. Um, I, I like the, just the solid faith foundation that, that I think the university has, and uh, I'm excited to just be a part of that again. Trisha, you mentioned that, and we've been talking about it a little bit, that you're finding that for your students and your style, that less structure is more. That setting an agenda for your, uh, you know, your office visits hasn't really shown much uh, effectiveness at creating those relationships and developing mentorships with students. Uh, however, you also said in the in in the session that it was in these office visits, the less structured, that you found some of these sort of divine appointments where 
no one's coming to your office and then suddenly someone's there and it's very clear this is a, a God moment where you need to talk to this student. I I wonder, was was discipleship on your radar when you started this women in chemistry group? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, that's more something that's grown mm-hmm. as you see a need. Um, and just thinking about my own experiences, again, some, mm-hmm. it made it very comfortable one day. I was like, well, you know, they were asking me about graduate school and maybe some of the things that I wished. And I was like, yeah, I wish that I had really been more prepared to share my faith. Mm. and it wasn't talked about as much and just how do we go about doing that and conversationally like that they were very interested like Mm. yeah I'm going off to graduate school next year what am I going to face how do I navigate Mm. that and not that I have answers um, but I certainly have thoughts of this is where I was maybe well prepared and this is where I wasn't as well prepared and Mm this is what I would think about doing now. And so part of that is my own faith journey and how I've grown and how God has grown me and just being willing to share that, you know, so kind of the the time honored, you know, in any Christian circle of you learn and you grow and you share that with others and you grow from each other. And um, so being really open with them about yeah I think there are these are conversations that I had that were faith based in graduate school or these are ways that I've seen God work in my life as a chemist and how it overlapped with my faith Mm. and ways that I can see maybe oh I missed that opportunity I could have said or I could have done Um, And so some things that have been formative for me and thinking about how do I go about reaching people? You know, I'm a chemist, so what does that mean? What what advantage does that give me? And certainly with other chemists or other scientists, um, the fact that I have a Ph.D. in chemistry buys me some credibility and maybe gives me an opportunity to say, well, no, I believe there is a God, and mm. here's why, and here's where I see that. Mm. And so, yeah, it's more subtle than you would think, but sometimes it's more direct, too. Mm. And just, um, yeah, God opens the doors and being willing to take those. And, you know, sometimes I have, and sometimes I've missed it. Sure. And I think that's good for our students to hear that, it's a progress. It's a journey. Yeah. You don't. You're not perfect at it, but mm. if you start thinking about it and looking for those open doors, there will be more doors. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was Was Taylor one of those doors for you coming here? That was just clear. This is this is the door that God wants me to walk through. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So part of we moved to Indiana because of my husband's job. Okay. And so I was looking around um, for jobs in the area, 
and he was at a, another institution, and they're like, well, here are the institutions in the area mm. that you could write to and see if they have any need of chemistry. And so Taylor had a need, mm. and I was able to do that part-time for a while. Mm. And then that's a whole other story of how we <laughs> both ended up at Taylor yeah. and in full-time positions. But I think maybe that's part of my personality and who I am. Yeah. I'm not the type that gets a dream that says, yep, this is where you're supposed to be, yeah. but I'm a more logical progression. Mm -hmm. And so it was an open door. It seemed like a good fit. So I came and then as I was here, you know, saw that, yeah, this is, God is using me and this mm -hmm. is a place that I can flourish and grow. And, you know, so kind of revealed as I went along, as opposed to yeah. one big, oh, yeah, this is where you should be. I have to imagine that that story is can be reassuring to students. I, 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 I'm thinking right now of a, a particular kind of student that I see every now and then who uh, is so certain of the neck they have it, it reminds me of um the movie it's a wonderful life where george bailey says i know what i'm gonna do today and tomorrow and the day after that where these students sort of have everything planned out to a t and they have such certainty with exactly what they are meant to be doing their 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 calling um i didn't feel that way at all all I still don't feel that way, mm -hmm. and I have to imagine that hearing that from a faculty member that I I move in trust and and wisdom when things come up, but I don't know for certain what 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 my my career calling might be. I have to imagine for some of our students that that can be very reassuring. Yeah, yeah, I. It's a process to get to the point where when you don't have a definite word that mm -hmm. says this is what you should be and this is where you should be and what you should be doing. Yeah. And there's a lot of uncertainty in that. And yet, as you look back, you see where God has worked and how he's used you. And you just come to realize that he doesn't reveal the same things in the same way to all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong. Um, but it's been a process for me, so I'm certainly glad to share that with students. Yeah. And, yeah, I do think that some of them have been relieved, like, that I didn't know from day mm. one that this is what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be and that that was okay. Mm. And it, we're not, you're not tied to a thing mm. just because, oh, I think this is where God wants me to go. And so I have to do that for the next 70 years. It's like, no, <laughs> you can try something and yeah. then God might redirect you. Yeah. And also just always remembering that God gives us likes and dislikes. Mm. Those are from God. And so if you don't like something, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Mm. God is usually not telling us that we have to do something we dislike. He gives mm. us likes to give us a little direction mm. of where he can use us and what he'd like to see us do so i love that i the there's something about the way that discipleship is done here at taylor that it is born out of honesty and vulnerability and and that is so 
It's so awesome to be a part of. There, there are lots of forms that sort of faith integration takes on campus. Um, and one of the red threads in this podcast is um, learning a little bit about what faith integration looks like in the various disciplines and specialties and classrooms across campus. So um, I, I would love to hear a little bit about what faith integration looks like for you. I think faith integration is is more that my faith is part of who I am and how I live. And so it's not so much of I'm bringing my faith into my classroom, but it's more that I'm bringing my faith into how I live my everyday life. Mm. And the more I do that, the more it shows up in my classroom because it's part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And so there are some moments that I can point to in my life when it's like, oh, this really clicked with me. Mm -hmm. And one of those was a church study that we did where um, it was called Just Walk Across the Room. Mm -hmm. And I understand there's some baggage with the author of that now, and okay. but that doesn't make it any less true. Sure. And so when we did that study at church, it really was like, oh, I don't have to be an evangelist. I don't have to go through the Roman road with, you know, look for every opportunity to go through the Roman road with people. I have to take an interest in people that God puts in my life and be willing to share my life with them is Mm -hmm. kind of really boiled down really small what I got out of that. Mm. And that just, the tradition that I grew up with was, you know, you should be out there knocking on doors and sharing the gospel. And that was just not me. Mm -hmm. And this was like, oh, I can do this. I can reach the people that are hurting in my sphere of influence because everybody has a problem at some point in their life. And that's the point when they need God and they're maybe open to hearing about God. So I don't have to force it. I just have to live my life, who I am, who God made me, but always be looking for those opportunities to show God's love to to do that, go that extra mile for that person or do that thing. And so really that's how I try to bring the faith integration into my classroom is to just say, hey, this is where I see God, like this chemistry thing. So water is an example. And there are details about water that we talk about in class. And it's like, do you realize that if water weren't shaped this way, All of these things that water does wouldn't be true. And that's one of the places that I see God as a creator. Mm. Like, that just doesn't happen. That had to be designed. Mm. Like, it just didn't happen that that molecule is that way. And so I see God in that. And I see God in Mm. how we apply our science. And so just trying to bring those thoughts. And as you think about those, God brings more thoughts to your Mm -hmm. mind to share but try to share those thoughts of, hey, I take my science and I take my faith and my faith informs the way I apply my science Mm. and how I discuss that with others because there's contentious issues 
in science and in any field of study, I would imagine. And so how do we look at that? How do we look at people who are on the other side of this issue? How do we express our opinions? And there's a way to bring faith into that. And so just trying to always look for those openings to reach out to students and say, well, this is how I see God, or this is where I see how I can apply my faith. Mm -hmm. And it's more that daily walk of just walk over and introduce yourself to a person and get to know them and Mm -hmm. ask them about what they think. And then they're probably going to ask you about what you think. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the opening. So Mm -hmm. it's not forcing it on somebody. It's more providing the opportunity for them to ask you a question Mm-hmm. that you know will allow you to then say, well, let me tell you about why I do this or, you know, what I see in this, because then it feels natural mm-hmm. because they've asked you a question. Sure. And so we can all get better at setting up those questions mm-hmm. by knowing the person we're talking to, mm-hmm. by asking them questions, by being involved in their life. And so... Yeah. Really, for me, faith integration in the classroom, yeah, applies to chemistry because I do chemistry, but it more applies to my life and this idea of if I'm willing to invest in other people's lives and find out about them, they're going to want to know about me, and there's no way I can share about me without sharing about God. Mm. And so it just becomes a natural extension of who I am. Yeah, I, I hear in that two things, really. The, the idea of, of just being willing to, to be curious about others and create a space where that curiosity can grow sounds a lot like the women in chemistry group. <laughs> I see a very clear connection between those two. And it, it's, it's not surprising to me to 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 see where that came from but the other thing that i hear that is really interesting to me is um you said i I do chemistry um and so my faith is is there too because i'm there i think it's it's so it's so easy to uh misplace uh, our identity as academics in our field in our study um, and and to uh, to really let that own a, a big chunk of, of who we are uh, but I don't hear that in in your in your voice in the way you talk about your faith integrating y- you are you you just happen to do chemistry where did that that uh confidence i'll call it in in that identity in that separation from um it being tied to what you do where where did that come from that's a good question (laughs) and i really think that's something that's grown Mm -hmm. over the years i wouldn't say that i was always that confident Mm -hmm. of that um Again, I point to that study as being a turning point. Mm-hmm. Like there was a huge impact on my life. And just in a, 
I don't have to go and do something. I have to be who God made me to be. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a tremendous release of pressure on me spiritually in my spiritual life that, yeah, that was a good thing. But it's something that I've grown into and... I would say one of the benefits of growing older, there are lots of things that aren't, but one of the benefits of growing older is you just like, no, it is okay, and mm. God does want me here, and I don't have to be that other person. I can be who I am. And so I think it's been a real process of getting to that place, mm. and I still need reminding, but having that track record and mm. And looking back and seeing the points in your life where God has done something and realized that, oh, it's him working through who I am and through what I'm already doing, that it just helps you to realize, oh, I don't have, I don't have to change or I don't have to be something that I'm not. Mm. It's the other way around. And that's, mm. I guess for me, that's, sometimes faith integration, the way we talk about it here, it just seems backwards. Mm. It, like it should come from who we are mm. in Christ. And yeah, I'm a chemist instead of I'm a chemist and I have to bring that I have to start with that and then bring that yeah. into the faith integration. It's like, no, it, it comes from who I am and mm. the way I live my life. And so, of course, it flows out into my chemistry because that's who I am, too. And so I'm not saying we do it wrong, but just, you know, sometimes that perspective switch about how we try to do it, at least for me, was very helpful and much more of what seems natural and then, therefore, what other people see. I am so grateful for the opportunity to not just get to know you better but also to think about the when you know the, I'm sure we share students I mm-hmm. I teach in the foundational core I see almost every student on campus at some point in their four years uh, but to uh, hear about the other spaces on campus that the students who are in my classroom right now are, are walking into and to 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 learn more about the heart behind that um i'm grateful to be a part of the same community as you trisha thanks so much for being a part of the conversation today well thank you thanks for being a part of the conversation if you're looking for more ways to get connected you can always email us at bctlepodcast at taylor.edu Let us know what you think about the episode, or maybe you're looking for more resources. Maybe you have an idea for the conversation we should tackle next. Shoot us an email. We would love to connect with you. At the BCTLE, our mission is to encourage and equip faculty in their calling as teachers, their care for students, and their designs for learning. We want you to know we appreciate you, and we see everything that you're doing for your students. We hope that this podcast can help you make Monday just a little bit better.